Good morning, everybody. It is January 31st, Sunday. I'm recording this at just about 1230. Um, hate it that we had to cancel church this morning, uh, but it is awful rough outside with the snow and ice and everything. It's starting to melt off pretty good, and now it's raining, but uh, I'm sure this evening is going to be pretty treacherous as well. Uh, just as an update to you, uh, my brother is in hospice care now. Um, he is not expected to make it maybe through this day. So, uh, they're very uncertain and only God knows the times of a man. So it is appointed to man once to die and then judgment. That's what the scripture says. So we are leaving that in God's hands. And I do appreciate your prayers, uh, not only for me and my family and my brother, but also for my dad, um, as this is a very extremely difficult time uh, that we are all going through. So much appreciated are your prayers. Um, wanted to go through the Psalms. Uh, that's been something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, we might not go through every Psalm written but uh, in our Wednesday night class, but we are going to take a close look at a lot of them uh, because they're so very important. Um, pretty much... Uh, the Psalms talk about human beings blessed, fallen, and redeemed by God, uh, but pretty much written by King David. There were a handful of others that also got involved in some of the writing of the Psalms, uh, but they are very medicinal to your heart and to your soul. There are songs that was written by King David, and we know that in the life of David, uh, when he was just a young man, and the king of Israel was Saul. Uh, he called for David. Saul had this issue. He had a demonic spirit that had sort of possessed him, if you will, and it would cause him to become angry and violent and, and it, when it would manifest itself in him. And the only thing that could calm that thing down was the anointed, and I say that because that's what it is, anything that that has power like this, that can overcome Satan, that can control spiritual things, has to be anointed by God. David would play these psalms and on his harp, and he would sing, and it would calm the king, it would, the, the spirit, it would, it would cause the spirit to calm within Saul's soul. So anytime that you have a situation like that, it takes the anointing, the Bible says, to break the yoke. The yoke is a thing that they would put around a horse's neck. It's a form of bondage. And we can be under satanic or spiritual bondage to certain things in our lives. And But the anointing of God, uh, the blessed anointing, thank God for it too, boy, it can break that yoke. And that's why Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who labor and who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my burden, my yoke upon you, for my way is light and my way is easy. So we see the yoke that Satan can put on, on someone to drag them down and to control them, to guide them, and to eventually wear them out and destroy them. So the anointing is so important. And each one of these psalms, they're so wonderful and uplifting. Uh, as we watch David, we get a look, a sneak peek into his life and some of the things that he was going through. We're able to see that humanity really hasn't changed a whole lot. Uh, we still go through all the same things, 
pretty much uh, when it comes to hard times, whether, whether it be addictions or whether it be sex or whether it be uh, our relations with friends or our relations to family, all these things, whether it be hatred, jealousy, anger, uh, anything like this, it, it, it has followed humanity all the way from the genesis of time to where we're at right now. Satan has become an expert at how to afflict humanity with these things. And I tell you, not to give him so much credit, we ourselves afflict ourselves so much with things. So we're going to walk through the Psalms. We're going to walk through a little bit of Psalm number one. I don't know how far we're going to get. We might only make it through verse one, but we're going to kind of pick it apart. And we're going to take a look at what it's talking about uh, and see what it has to say. Um, pretty much in this Psalm number one, I, I think this is one of the prettiest Psalms. Um, it is, and, and again, it, it's full of advice. Um, Proverbs is full of wisdom. Psalms is like anytime you're struggling and you need lifted up, you can look at these Psalms uh, and, and, and get a joy back in your heart and get a, 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 a better perspective. And I tell you, in the times that we're living in and the troubled times that we're going through as a country and people, we need a better perspective and a better way to look at things. Sometimes it's just how you look at something. Something can look very terrible and bad, and we have to gain perspective. Um, so it's all about that. As a pastor and as a, a pastoral counselor, that's what it's all about, is trying to get people to gain back the proper perspective. And, you know, and I've often used this analogy, but... Uh, you know, sometimes our lives can be like the look of a jigsaw puzzle. Um, you look at the outside of that box and everything looks pretty. And but when you open that box, it looks nothing like or the, the pieces look nothing like the outside of the box looks. It, it's just all jumbled up and you got to piece by piece start putting it back together in the places that it goes and that's the way it is in our, our life, our spiritual life especially. You know, you can't fit the wrong piece back where it doesn't belong. I mean, because it just doesn't make no sense. And so, but when we take the right piece and put it in the right place, things start looking better and takes on a different perspective. And that's what Jesus Christ does to us. That's what the Psalms helps us with, is to put the pieces of the puzzle back in place as we watch God Deliver, help, heal, lift up King David as he goes through lots of his struggles. Now, this first psalm, the writer begins this psalm pretty much by extolling the joys of obeying God, um, you know, uh, and refusing to listen to those who try to discredit God or ridicule God. Uh, and, and, you know, our friends and associates can have a profound uh, influence on us. And, and usually it's not in the big ways, but it's in subtle ways that we don't notice, you know, um, the little things. The Bible says the small foxes spoil the vines. It's usually not the big things in life that overtake us. It's the constant little things, uh, the little things that we let creep into our spirit life, um, the, the, the constant little things that we let creep into our, our consciousness, you know. Uh, 
that we accept and they begin to play a role in us and they begin to take root in our spirit and soul. And then the next thing you know, like a, a weed always does, it just takes over. And eventually you have to you have to spray spiritual roundup on it and God's got to uproot it. So but uh, but if we continue to insist on friendships with those who mock God like this um, and what God considers to be important to us, um, uh, we might we might find ourselves in sin or becoming indifferent to God's will. So um, so what what do we do here? So we ask ourselves the question like this psalm is going to ask here, like we're going to go through. Does our friends help us help build us up in our faith or do they or do they help tear us down? You know, a true friends should help you draw closer to God and not hinder your relationship with him. So let's look at what he says here. Psalm number one says, how blessed is the one who does not follow the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the assembly of scoffers. Okay, let, let's take a real close kind of a look at that, that very, that very look here, this, this word. Um, we have kind of like a trilogy of expressions here. Uh, does not walk, stand, or sit, okay, in the council, all right, with wicked. Um and kind of with each one of those expressions, it becomes more intense, um, almost like a progression of things that people go through, um, you know, that that we shouldn't get involved in. And it, and it says, how blessed is the one who does not follow the advice of the wicked. What is it? What is wicked advice? So if we took them two things and, and just switched the words and it says, follow the advice of the wicked. Let's just say, what is then wicked advice? Wicked advice would be anything contrary to the word of God and how we are told we should live and how spiritually we know we should live. I've often told people this. It didn't take a preacher to tell you that you shouldn't lie. It didn't take a preacher to tell you that you shouldn't uh kill someone or murder someone, I should say. It didn't take a preacher to tell you that you shouldn't steal or take what doesn't belong to you. So how did, in, in fact, did you know that? How, how did you know this, that you shouldn't do this? Because in everyone's heart is the written word of God upon the tablet of your heart. God's law for you, for humankind, is within you. Trust me. It's in there, and and we have what's called conviction. Now, a lot of people have learned to override conviction, and in the scripture, it talks about your conscience becoming seared over with a hot iron in the book of Romans. So the last thing that we want to happen to us is to let our, conscious, our conscience become cauterized and unaffected when it comes to wickedness. So Blessed is the one, if, if we can stay away from the advice of the wicked or wicked advice, and if we can see through it and stay on the good path and, and, and live for Christ, even in the presence of such evil, 
And let me tell you, it would be really easy sometimes with all the struggles that we go through with people and friends and work and all these things. It would be really easy to go down the pathway of the flesh, right? Uh, but that's not what we should do. The pathway of anger, the vengeance, uh, retaliation, uh, grudge holding, jealousy, envy, all these things are things that we have got to stay away from. And you'll get a lot of people that, that will try to give you advice. And a lot of advice that people give is all based in spiritual conduct. And it's from a spiritual nature coming from their heart. So blessed. I want to be blessed by God. I don't want to be a target of God for, for his vengeance or wrath. I want to be blessed. Blessed meaning if we can stay on that path, you know, and, and we don't stand in the pathway of sinners, okay, uh, or we don't sit into the assembly of scoffers, then God will bless you. Bless you meaning this, and I am not a prosperity preacher because God does not have a problem getting you a blessing when you need one. I This is spiritual I'm talking about. God's not worried about the money you have in your pocket. He can take care of you. And, you know, that's this is not what I'm talking about. Blessings meaning, how about peace, for one thing? What would you do for true peace in your heart to where you don't feel any angst in you against another human being? How about that? How about Can, can you out there who are receiving this message and who actually listen to it, can you say in your heart that there's not one person that you don't have a problem with or someone that you might work with? or someone that you might have in your life, a family member, someone that doesn't cause you real serious problems, or just someone that you just don't want to be around, and you kind of hold something or someone something someone said, uh, someone's hurt you, and you're kind of a grudge holder maybe, and you've got this in your life. Wouldn't it be better to just not have that and and just to walk in the spirit of peacefulness? And how about joy? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Peace and joy are two powerful things. If you have true peace, that means you're not at enmity with anything, including God. Paul, the apostle, said this, and I think this is probably one of the most hardest things for people to achieve because we don't walk in the Spirit. The Bible says walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. But Paul says he strives to have a conscience that is clear between him and God and him and man. Do you have that? That's the question. Do you, you know, so how do I get that? I try my best to live according to the scripture and allow God, the Bible says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Every day, every decision. We put things in God's hands and we peacefully we peacefully live our lives for Christ, thinking on things. So in the meantime, when you're working and doing whatever it is you're doing and you're working in the yard or you're doing your projects or you're whatever it is you do, your mind, try to keep your mind stayed on the Lord, you know, about how wonderful heaven is and be praying to God and, and what good things God has blessed you with and, and live in the love of God. That's a great way to try to live. And then uh, you'll find yourself not thinking of things that brings your heart trouble. So the Bible says, think on these things, anything that's holy, pure, of a good report, any of these kinds of things, he said, 
peaceful things, loving things. Think on these things. Try to control your mindset. Now, in the end of, of, of this, in verse 2, it says that it brings about this instead. So here we have verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not follow wicked advice, stand in the way, uh, pathway with sinners, sit in the assembly of scoffers. Instead, he finds pleasure in obeying the Lord's commandments. Okay, what's some things that could bring you pleasure in serving the Lord? First, going to church. Um, going to church can't save you, but let me tell you, if you're saved, you're going to want to go to church. I've never met a saved person, someone that's truly saved and born again, that didn't have a desire to go unto the house of the Lord. As a matter of fact, Jesus commanded it. He said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That wasn't a recommendation. That was a command. Because when we gather together, where two or more are gathered together, he is there and in the midst, it is a heavenly place and God does special things there. So finding pleasure, does it bring you pleasure to go to church? Does it bring you pleasure to do good to other people, to put people before yourself? Does it do, does it do your heart good when you, when you do things? Do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. When you go to work, go as if you're serving the Lord. That's what the scripture says for us to do. Go and don't go for to, to serve your boss at work. You go and you work your job as if you're working for Jesus. And everything you do, you do it for him. When you sit down to eat your meal, thank God for it. Because he's the one that gave it to you. He's the one that sits right there. When you look on your computer, thank God that you have it. Thank God for everything you do. Does it do you good to... to uh, to serve the Lord in that way? Does it do you good to pray for other people, uh, to call and check on people in your church or other Christian people that you know of? It should be a pleasure to you to follow that, to follow, uh, you know, the, the, the outreach ministries of your church or, the, you know, or to do, do what you do, what God has called you to do. It should be a pleasure in your heart. And listen to this, just exactly as I said to you, he meditates on his commands. This is verse 2, chapter 1, the first psalm. He meditates on his commands day and night. Again, let me read this whole verse to you. Instead, he finds pleasure in obeying the Lord's commands, semicolon, and he meditates on his commands day and night. I want to please the Lord should be the attitude that you, that you take. I want Jesus to shine brightly within my heart. I want God to get the glory out of everything I do. I want my life to be representative of Jesus Christ in all I say, in all I do, in all my behavior. I want someone to see Christ in me. I want to represent Him because that's what we are in all the way. I want to pray for the sick. I want to feed those that's hungry. I want to feed them the Word of God. I want to clothe them in the robe of righteousness. I want to bring the Word to people because salvation is so important. But you meditate on His commands day and night. Man, I'm telling you, what that does for you is beyond my words to be able to, to, to bring the epiphany to you. You just have to experience it. And then it says here, it says, He is like a tree planted by flowing streams 
It yields its fruit at the proper time, and its leaves never fall off. Listen, he succeeds in everything he attempts. I've asked people that. They said that I've had people, I'm sorry, people have asked me this. Pastor Jay, why does it seem like that you, you, you're able to succeed at what you put your hand to? I said, because it's not me doing it. Things can get tough at times. Things can get, you know, very, you know, very tough. But typically, God always works things out for the believer. And what you put your hand to, God will bless. When you're doing it for Him and you're acting in His behalf in all of your life, God will bless you. And He will cause you to bear fruit in your proper time. If you will just bloom where He plants you, you will be like this tree planted by living waters, flowing streams. The streams that's, that, 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 that the water is coming from the throne of God and has everything you need to make you successful in your life. When you're doing what God has created you to do in your life, you will know it. There are so many people that look for what they should be doing and they go about living their life and doing what makes them money and they take a job, we'll just say, and they do that job, but they're never really happy. Um, and in, in their private life, they do, do what they do and they do the things they like, but they can never find real happiness. Advice for you is ask God why he put you here. Okay? God didn't put you here just to meander the earth aimlessly. Um, God has a purpose for you. When you look in the mirror, are you doing what God says for you to do? Are you the person? Are you operating in the design that God gave to you? Are you doing that? When you look in the mirror, do you know what your purpose is in this life? Do you know why you were born? That is a, that's a question that a lot of people don't answer, but yet they live an unhappy life because they fail to ask it. Think about that. Who are you? And what is it that God gave you to do? to be a member of your society, to be a member of your church, the body of Jesus Christ. So I'm, not, I'm only going to make it through this, through three verses. We're already 23 minutes in on this, on this, but I want you to think about this, how blessed it is to understand what God has in store for you, what this can do for your way of thinking. And let me tell you, if you're right with God and you get your heart right with Jesus Christ and you're introduced to why you were put on this planet, it will remarkably change your life. You will find happiness in doing what you do in knowing what it is you're supposed to do. Trust me, I know this. When I got called to preach, that was just half of what I was supposed to be doing. But when God called me to pastor, that's why I was born. That's why I'm here. 
is to minister the Word of God and you saints to give you what you need to do the work of the ministry. That's what a true pastor does. Now let's have prayer. Father in heaven, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for every person that will choose to listen to this little podcast. And Lord, with you, all things are possible. And I pray for them, each person, whatever struggles they have, whatever it is they're going through, whatever demons they deal with, Lord. And we know that he is at work mightily amongst us all. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, your deliverance, that your face would shine upon them and your healing would be with them and your power would be present to help them find, Lord, the purpose that you created them for. I ask your forgiveness of sins to guide us and lead us, Lord, to give us a clean heart and a true spirit, Lord, and a mind to follow you and meditate on your word and your law day and night. And Lord, let us find the joy in serving you in all that we do. And we ask this for every person in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.